Jesus Christ never make the mistake and heaven is under the Lord God whether we are two or two thousand God is not restrained to save by a multitude of you I'm so happy to be here because It's not a gathering unto mundane things. Mundane. Pale, peevish, improvised, powerless things. A gathering is not unto mundane, mundane things. For we have not followed cunning device fables. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 16. And we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Hmm. We witnessed his glory. We are not jokers. We are not brought to you actually spontaneous the things we talk and preach are real it says be steadfast be immovable first corinthians 15 and verse 58 always abounding in the work of the lord for as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vanities. The KJV says vain. The Greek says vanities. Which shows our labor is not in petite, physical, ordinary, mundane, earthly things. And labor is in power. In I welcome you to church. And we talk about God, we talk about Christ, we talk about church, we talk about the spirit, we talk about the new creature. We are talking about power. Make no mistake about it. Don't get it twisted or mixed up. Don't get it confused. Don't replace a substitute for the nothing. It is power. Formidable, bold, assertive, creative, miraculous of the Holy Ghost. Power. Ephesians 1 and verse 19 and what is exceeding greatness of his power to us what we believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come that God is under his feet and give him to be the head over all things to the church to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all 
signs and wonders durable creative existent horrific preternatural extraordinary the brother sent something on his status I saw this message affixed on his wall in WhatsApp. He said, A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. And it's common, we've had it over and over again. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. A prayerless church. Is a powerless church. And I know many of you believe this. The axiom, the slogan. Prayer makes the believer. Prayer makes the power of God. Prayer makes the power of God. And I said, no. And the man said he was he was taken aback. And he said, sir, sir, but I know you to be a man of prayer. <laughs> he was going to twist my arm to the back by some emotional blackmail. I know you to be a man of prayer. I know you. I... Enough. That's a man of prayer. And I teach the believer to pray always. Romans 5 17. Pray at all times. Pray without ceasing. The KJV says. Colossians 1 verse 2. Continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving. Ephesians 6 and verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there unto with all supplication and perseverance for all saints. Luke 18 and verse 1, Jesus spoke a parable to this end that men always ought to pray and not to fade. First Peter 4 and verse 8, but the end of all this is at hand. Verse 7, sorry. Therefore be ye sober and over to prayer. Verse 20, but ye beloved, be not yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Romans 12 and verse 12, instant in prayer. Do not I basic principles. I pray more than you all because I pray all of the time. When I'm not sleeping and not eating and not saying important things, very, very important things of benefit, I'm praying. I don't ever allow my mouth to run dumb or comatose I love to pray and I pray in the Holy Ghost but principles of the word remain to say to say a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian to say a prayerless church is a powerless church is to underestimate what makes the believer path in the first place do you understand it? The, 
what, what, what really makes the church powerful in the first place the moment you say once the church is not praying it's a powerless church or she's a powerless church or once the believer is not praying he's a powerless believer you are underestimating the integrity of what makes the church powerful or the believer powerful because in the very very start the very rudimentary and basic fundamental thing up in issue the believer is empowered as a child of god not by praying why praying is important the most important is what makes the believer a believer it is called eternal life i hope and i wish you would have said a man with eternal a man without eternal life is powerless or you say a church that is called a church outside eternal life is a powerless church did you get this under his feet and give him to be the head of our office of the church the church is empowered whether the church prays or not fundamental very fundamental things are missing in our religious mythologies and theological understanding what makes the believer powerful is eternal life whether he prays or not this does not repudiate the place of praying after all god's word admonishes to pray all of the time but it does not also take away the very fundamental reason why the believer is empowered you need to get the rabbit and the protocol right or you will never walk in the power well like you ought to as a child of god First John 2 and verse 16 that says he abided in him himself ought to walk even so as he walked. I find Ephesians 3 and verse 20 most formidable, most powerful, most interesting in the context of scriptures, just like every other scriptures in the light of Christ's message, the singular message of the bible christ's death and resurrection the necessity of christ's appearance the reality of his appearance and the efficacy of his death and resurrection in your life and in my life i find it very interesting god to whom we pray is more powerful than the prayers we pray to be god to whom we pray is more powerful than our prayers have you noticed that most of you depend on your prayers say, ah, when i start praying when i start praying is your prayer as important as god of course not this is not to support your lazy and deep spirit at the moment you say yes because you don't pray i know this this is just to tell you the statement of the scriptures concerning praying and the value of eternal life don't get it twisted the new creature 
in God in Christ or in Christ in God is more powerful than your prayer can I say this way can I say this way the breakthrough the breakthrough that Christ is to you is more important than all your breakthroughs in life in another way the breaks you have for being a believer supersedes all breakdowns you will never ever be a victim again you will never ever be stranded in your life again this is the current status this is your position this is who God made you this is what the Bible teaches this is what you ought to believe and carry along in your life Stop being intimidated, frail, frigid, afraid, beggarly, cringing in servitude, subjugated by circumstances. No, the seed of excellence is on the inside of you. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 makes good reading. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think of God ah! beyond our prayers there are many more messages on us in the body of Christ than any other singular subject subject there are many more books that have been written by men of God on prayers than any other singular subject. There are just few books we have written about God. People don't even write about God. We're so partisan, we're so biased, we're so ignorant of the scheme that our self-centered Engrandishment, the, the ego trip, egotic, egoistic tendencies of our lives. Somehow have been clouded us so much that it's always about us. There are many more messages on us. We, I, myself, my the church, we, 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 the body of Christ, believers, Christians, then God who made us whom we are in Him. The referendum will never ever tear to your side. It will never ever be a consideration for you. It has to be Him all of the time. Because we don't know Him, we keep shifting blames on every person and we're always digging deeper to understand ourselves and we are not anything outside of him you have not understood the new creature till you understand God <laughs> someone said someone said someone said believe in God Believe in yourself. 
I said, who are you in God? Once you believe in God, there's no you again. The moment you put self, there's no God. I know how you put the riches. I know how you, you strategize and your, your strategy. Many of you, ah, God first. And it's still the lips. God first. Be correct. In all things, you are first and you know. But let's assume that your lie is a lie. Or your lie is true. So, God first. Who next? It's you, basically. But you are doing it first, but let's assume that your religious deceit is agreed with. So, God first, then you. Who is next? Your loved one, your lover, your girlfriend, your fiancé, your boyfriend, your husband. Ah! My wife! Your mother and father depending on how they treated you by your said I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the ending. I am the first and the last. The moment you talk about God, you don't exist. Or space to think yourself. The moment you are trying to believe in yourself, you have stopped believing in God. Has to be God all through and through. For the love of Christ constrained us for with us joined in that he died for all, then we are all in that day for whom he died should no longer live the rest of their time in the flesh to the will of men, but to the will of God. 2 Corinthians 5.14 You are dead! Colossians 3.3 And your life is here with Christ in God. You don't exist anymore. It's God all through and through. You are more important than your prayers. The seed of a main importance on the inside that makes you you in Christ is more important than your prayers. Think about it. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think ask or think according to his power that is at work within us ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen what god did what god did at redemption to make you who you are in him is more important than all prayers or desires all fantasies Thoughts, thinking, aspirations, and ambitions of men. As it is, as it is, you are more successful than your need for success. As it is, you are more triumphant than your need for triumph. As it is, you are better desire to be good. As it is, you are greater than your weakest point. As it is, there's a shape within you that carries above everything in your life like a colossus. You are only underestimating God at work. Ha! Thank you, Father. Concerning therefore, part of the Corinthians, Corinthians, first Corinthians 8 and verse 4. Do you 
little of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in this world. And there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, <laughs> Lord temporal, Lord spiritual, whether in heaven or in us, there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God the Father, of whom all sins and we in him. idea the loftiest the greatest and the best the quintessentially better than all above all over all in all who made all is God and we have our existence in him Supreme existence captures us In God, that is not a joke. Oh my God! I'm not trying to impress you this morning. I'm not trying to psych you or to make you carry your chair your head around. If you do that, just sit down and hear what I'm saying and think about it. I know in some church they study what is called running scripture. When God, the man of God quotes the word of God, people carry seats around and say, "Sit down," because I know. When your mother calls you at 12 midnight to give you advice over your marriage, you never run like a mad person. You sit and think about it. When your wife calls you to warn you about your giving, you don't run around. You sit to think about it until she runs you against the Lord. I mean, it's a serious issue. Don't you think about it? The moment you are running because I'm preaching, you are not serious. The moment you stand when I'm preaching, you are sit down and hear what I'm saying and go and repent. <laughs> the dogma is oh, God stands. He's promised. He nonsense. Professor Asadele says, rubbish. Things inspired by men, nothing of God. This is the reason why it's just some caricature jokes that never come to pass. If you know. You know the normal mayors we have created by mouth in churches. As it is now, we should have not less than only God knows about being less in the church, but people are getting poorer because the economy is getting bad. Believers are taught under economic depression. We are lapsing to depression. I hear the third time under this administration. But church pastors make billionaires every service. Lord is making you a billionaire. Amen. Amen. And then all of a sudden you get poorer. Because it's not just mouth. It's work. Hard work. Thank you, Father. What makes a believer powerful is eternal life. It has nothing to do with praying. It's after you have been empowered, you can pray. first by the seed of omnipotence and we need to dwell on this understanding so we can make progress as believers we're so, we're so puffed in pride 
We rather talk about what we can do. This religious sense of performance. God is doing it because I have. I have paid my tithes. I have paid my dues. I give. I clean the chairs. I support church. Well, not mercy assembly. I support church where the man of God is anointed, not like mercy assembly. Most churches have anointed men of God. Mercy assembly is very erroneous. The pastor says we are all anointed. Can you imagine? The pastor is not going to get a seat from my pocket because instead of telling us we need the anointing, he says we are all anointed. Am I borrowed? How can he say we are all anointed? Well, we are not. I know you are not anointed because you are not born again. Only the born again person is anointed. And because you are not, you are not anointed. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you are not anointed because you are not born again. Tell your neighbor. Oh, you are scared. Somebody will break your neck like this. At First Corinthians 3, you learn. Yes, I know you are not anointed because you are not born again. You are not blessed. I understand you are not blessed because you are not born again. There's no argument about it. If you are born again, then you are anointed. But because you are not, let's not argue. So don't even worry about it. I know you are not anointed. Because you are not born again. Do you get what I'm saying? And even you know you are not born again. So what are we arguing about? The anointed person is a man born of the spirit of Christ. And you don't have... You have only small of the spirit. And it's not of Christ. Because when Christ gives his spirit, he gives all of his spirit. Since you have some of this, you have spirit of religion. From the coma hills. You say you are not, oh, I thought you were one of them. First Corinthians 3, 21. Therefore, let no man glory in men. You know what it means? The contention, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. Admiration of men in advantage. In fact, Paul was actually reprimanding the church and even Apollos because I guess Apollos himself was becoming head solely by the praises of men. Men can push you to be teached by praise singing. There are several pastors who have missed the will of the Father and they are struggling within them to go back to find repentance in God's sight to do His will. But these church members will never allow. They are singing His praises. Praising him to hurt and destruction. They are praising him. They are celebrating him. They are just push. Just stay off God. Stay off God. Stay off the word. Don't preach. Just stay. Do, do what we like. Preach to our fancy. And it's going out completely. Let no man glory in man. Has nothing to do with the man. Humanity. Let no man think that for being this. For being. And I know many of you answer to such things. Which one do you attend? Ah, I attend the church of um, this great man of God. Which one do you attend? Ah, I got born again at this, this, you remember this church? The biggest church on us. My pastor is the most anointed person. My pastor, my pastor has, which he said himself, my pastor has the anointing upon Elijah, Elisha, Paul, and Jesus Christ multiplied by two. 
My pastor's anointing is so huge. He devastated when he says, Cool, you will just cool. Is he born again? I'm not really sure. But I know he's anointed. <laughs> is he born again? Oshua, make progress. Is he born of the Spirit of Christ? I'm not sure, but he's a prophet. Is he born again? No, but we are rich in our church. Is your pastor born again? Is a daddy? I'm not sure he's born again. First Corinthians 3 and verse 22. The reason why he ought not to glory men from verse 21 is because as you are, as you are, you are complete in the sufficiency of Christ. There is nothing anybody can add to you. As joking, as poverty stricken, as impoverished, as, as lonely placed in society, as despicable and despisable as you look, people don't even think of you. You are not a reckoning. You don't stand out. You don't command attention. As lonely placed as you are, ladies and gentlemen, you are still complete in Christ Jesus, who is the head of our principality and power. This is who you are. Sometimes people intimidate you with their looks. With their looks. And it can be very scary. Torturous, tedious. Can be mind scorching, mouth gaping, heart titillating, eyes embarrassing, ears tingling and tingling. Goosebumps giving. I saw a man once was going to enter a taxi. He was going to board the taxi rather. The man bent over. He bent over. He bent so much that he bent from his waist to talk to the cab driver. I'm sure I was just about some distance above his waist. I said, What kind of man is this? Where is this man from? I said to him, I said, Good morning, good morning. How are you? He said, I said, Where are you from? He said, I'm from Inlewi. We are all this tall. Remember Ojuku? I said, Yes, I remember him. So you are from Ojuku's family. Jesus Christ, Biafra. Now go and see no more. I was by the 18th one day. I saw a lady, she was so tall. I stood by her and I jumped. I jumped. I could not reach her head. I said, You are too tall. What is your name? She was her name was Tolani. I said, Hurry! Hurry! She was meaning of all this. <laughs> Don't bother about it. your size because you are short is it true that people who are not too tall get angry easily is it true is it true that people who are not too tall get angry because they always feel intimidated they always feel slighted they feel when you look at them and laugh you're mocking them they feel when you look at them you are speaking ill of them so you get is it is, it, is this true if you were short if you were short, how would you manage life? If you were short. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. That Paul at Philippians. Either the last letter from prison. Or the second to the last. The penultimate. The contention is between Philippians and 2 Timothy. His last letter. 
Philippians 3, he gives his resume and speaks of still pressing. Old man pressing. At close to 100 years, pressing for the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, verses 14 to 16. I'm amazed that 1 Corinthians 3 speaks of a man who says, Therefore, no man glory in man. And I'm thinking of his personality, his stature. I read the biography of Paul. And I think of to be dwarfish. Paul was not a complete dwarf but he was dwarfish. Some folks are not complete dwarfs are dwarfish. That is they are not really that very short but they are short. Not complete dwarfs but they are partially dwarfish. Short man. Imagine a man this short Writing 13 books of the New Testament. Ah! A short, short man. I said to you in this church, most of the letters of Paul were by dictation. He was saying it, somebody was tattoos, was scribbling, he was writing it. He didn't compose and write and check concordance and check dictionary and quote somebody and pray in tongues. He was just saying it. So a man can say Ephesians by heart. Ephesians. Just he was just saying it. He didn't he didn't he didn't memorize it. He was only saying realities on the inside. I did not say he was quoting scriptures. He was just saying, all right, write this down. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus according as his divine power have given those. Who told him? Who told him? No wonder you don't believe that Jesus loved him. He was just talking from drunkenness. He must have been drunk with the power of the Holy Ghost. Not wine. This man was short. Dwarfish. Listen and listen good. Paul was said to have a club feet. A club feet. His right feet tugged at the ankle 90 degrees. His left feet tugged at the ankle 90 degrees. Paul was walking like a short man. Can imagine Paul's hands are not free flowing. So let's just take our Paul like this. Quote scriptures. <laughs> Would you like that kind of pastor? Ah, oh Lord, did you? Pass on your hands. Go sexy. Club feet. Short. It was said that his eyebrow met at the center. Paul's head was said to be bogus. A double ascended bridge with some mild hydrocephalus. Paul 
What a man acquainted with tears, he will not speak without crying. Say, Blessed be God and cry. Paul said, You are healed and cry. Paul said, I love you and cry the more. Paul will speak of the enemies of the cross and still cry. So his eyes were always filled with water bags. Listen and listen good. This man said, Galatians 6 from verse 17, henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He speaks of his wounds, beatings, scars. So imagine a man with club feet, whose eyebrow met with a bogus head, who had his hand walking like a dwarf, crying with scars on his body, sores that are partially healing. He wouldn't even treat them because of the power of the Holy Spirit. He would say, look, take your hand away. Take your drugs away. And he will not even keep at that. He will always be talking about Jesus, talking about the power of God. And then he say, why can't God's power heal your scars? This man, he says, no, I bear in my body the marks of the sufferings of Christ. This same man, with this kind of disposition, look, status, and personality is you. You don't need to glory in man for all things are yours. So no matter who you are today, whether you believe it or not, like it or not, all things are still yours in Christ Jesus. And it defines it in a very clear way. At 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, he defines it. What does it mean, all things? All things relative in a context what exactly is this man talking what does he mean by all things he defines it so clearly and i like it when you look at the bible and you see all things you must know what things are the all things what things can i call all things and why is he saying all things so he goes to first corinthians 3 and verse 22 and defines it he says it's not about apollos it's not about men your pastor your your whatever whether paul or apollos or peter that's what gave us Peter recognized as the head of the church, the big boy of the church, the big boy who was the chairman of the first Holy Ghost invasion of Acts 2. Peter, whose shadow was healing the sick, Acts 5.15. Peter, who said at Acts 9 to him, yes, Jesus Christ healed thee, make your bed. He said, Paul, or Paulus, or Peter, he goes further, or the world, and then deeper, life, deeper death even death even death I've been struck here a number of times preaching God's word and I will just pause and I will say say to yourself death is mine and not once did I ever get a response even now did you see that nobody said it uh, What's that? Death is mine. God's word says so. Does this man will die? No, it doesn't mean he will die. It simply means you have power over death. But then if it means you will die, you will still die one day. This one you are afraid of death. Please stop it and enjoy life. You will still die one day. Very soon. Many of you die before you die. 
the day we call the day of death that will suddenly come will come one day so why are you so afraid why don't you just number your days and apply your heart to which one day you will still have to die he has passed up he said God 200 years I agreed 200 years will one day become just one day to go so now align your mind and know you will die one day but then this place is not talking about dying he's talking about power over death hallelujah things to say or things to come all are yours and ye are Christ's and Christ is God and verse 23 he will learn this important one Proverbs 13 and verse 3 let me share with you briefly you see what have you been doing since well call it whatever you think Proverbs 13 and verse 23 much food is in the tillage of the poor but there is he that is destroyed for want of judgment of Solomon is coming handy this morning we learn from the scriptures we don't allow the tenets of the Old Testament determine our relationship with God or God's disposition towards us we only learn from attitude we find under the Old Testament as examples say you are a mystery to the world you are a mystery to yourself I'm not talking about physical faculties postmodern theories of universalism is emphatic on your person your logic, your genome. The Bible teaches us about Christ in us, the hope of eternal glory. Please, when I talk about you, realize I'm never talking about you in you, I'm talking about you in Christ. He said, Without me, you can do nothing. I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me. Philippians 1 verse 13. At first John chapter number 3 and 1 it says, Behold, what man of love the Father all the sons of God, therefore we know knoweth us not the curse. It name not. It takes knowing God to knowing you in Christ. If you must know who you are. You must know who God is. Self 
recovery understanding your biological self your psychic powers your relationship with the astra is demonic you want to understand you in Christ this is only safe heaven of understanding if you don't know God who can know you to think you know you is to underestimate whom God made you in Christ Jesus for any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things are become new ladies and gentlemen many of you this don't show as a believer without doing anything. And the reason why I know you are living under this delusive assumption is because I see most of you doing nothing about your spiritual life. So, I feel that you are guided under a costly delusion of grandeur. Somebody you beat, you give him one stroke, one stroke of the baton. Kondo, you hit him once, and he says, Odish. One more, he says, Christ. You hit him 12 times, and the man says, Do you know what happened? I didn't even feel the 12 strokes. There, the pain is where the pain is. This is the story of many of you who assume just, just you are under this pathetic, this delusion, this pathetic deceit, self deceit. I'm making progress, and I'm asking you, what are you doing? amount of money too big to be reduced to zero. After church, take your search engine on your internet and search billionaires who became bankrupt. Just check. Billionaires who became bankrupt. Or check children who squandered wealth them by billionaire prints. They are bound. If your father leaves you an inheritance or a legacy of an entire lifetime, you will need to walk or you will ruin it. This is the lucidness we have. Do nothing, say nothing, stay in one place, and glide spiritually. This is why you need to depend on pastors. And I have given you an example.
I have tried to paint the scenario of the graphic illustration of what depending on other people to sustain your spiritual life is. I have said it's just like somebody is eating for you. Somebody is eating for you. Somebody is eating for you. You get it? Somebody eats morning, afternoon, evening, and you are growing stronger physically. You understand? Somebody eats for you. Appearances of deceive us when we are young. Each time somebody gives money to you, mommy takes it and says, I will keep it for you. And she spends it. Each time somebody says, Take, mommy takes it. After a while, you say, I want to keep it myself. Mommy will still come and say, uh -huh, Can I loan the money? After a while, you start saying, I do not have money. Because you know that it's impossible for money to eat pounded yam to eat it from her. No, not even breast milk is pounded yam. They are two different things. You know it's impossible for money to take money on your behalf and spend it for you. You, you get to a point where you say, I want to spend it myself. But you have this delusion that. Once you are in a church, the pastor's gift is for your life. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know where you got it. The pastor's grace. That you attend Commonwealth of Zion Assembly, the wealthy place, makes you wealthy automatically. I, I, I don't know who has that anointing. One day, Redeemed, raised 26 billion naira. He was on television. He was asking for 8 billion. Then he said, In fact, let's make it 26, 25 billion. And 26 Nigerians came out and said, We are giving 1 billion. 26 billion naira. He raised it one day in less than 10 minutes. Now, there are several millions of redeemed members. Never, I would never see one billion in their lifetime. So whoever gave me this question that once you attend the church, there's a grace upon the church that graces your life. One time richest man on us, richest people will have said in the world was Oyedepo. One Raf Lukau of South Africa and Kenneth Copeland of Fort Worth, Texas, USA uh, have, have overtaken him financially. With the place number three, number four right now. How many winners, how many members of Winners Chapel have money to feed, let alone hundreds of millions, let alone world riches? But there's a delusion we have. And it's a, it's a, it's a loud hypocrisy. It's a loud hypocrisy, though we're not saying it. Our actions are loud enough to prove that we don't know what we're doing. I am rich. Who made you rich? The government. The the grace of this commission, the grace, receive it now. The grace to become billionaires, receive it now. The grace, the, and people go in 
penury till they die. Some people are working hard and sowing seeds, wising up, getting a better education, understanding areas of business fidelity, seeking assistance and expertise. What can I do in this terrain? Understanding the trend of the economy and the wind of inflation, how things are moving. Believers are in church receiving grace, grace to be poor. I think it's grace to be poor because poverty is looming in the body. Oh, economic recession. is a story of our spiritual dissolution. You assume, you assume you are making progress. And I'm wondering how. So looking at this scripture, it says, it says at verse 23, much food is in the tillage of the poor. It is possible the poor make so much, but for lack of understanding, Nothing is going on. Can I tell you the truth? Your life today is tilting towards the greatest influence upon it. Your life today, assess yourself where you are seated. Your life today is tilting towards the point of greatest influence on it. Your life will bend towards impact automatically. Just like we used to have these experiments. It was an experiment of chlorophyll and sunlight at secondary school. I don't know if you ever did it if you ever read biology to some you put a plant in a box open to duration and light then at a particular growth phase you expose part of the box to sunlight part to darkness and automatically without using time to speak the leaves without praying the leaf will bend towards sunlight Roots, roots underground, follow the scent of water. Trees, trees, they bend away from shade to look for light. This is how it is. Your life will bend towards influence. The question is this. What is the greatest influence on your life today? influence on your life is church. Do you come to church? When do you come to church? And how long do you come to church? Church is just for you a religious commemoration. So they won't say you didn't come. So they won't say you didn't come. So you come. You just come to while away time. Even when you come you don't sit. You are up, down, up, down. Then service is over. Glory! He will not disturb you again. Church is not an influence. Your life can never bend towards church because Church is nothing in your life. 
praying? How long do you pray? No, tell me how long do you pray? You have 24 hours in a day. You don't even pray 15 minutes. So how can your life bend towards prayers? Don't let anybody deceive you. I know you love you like such deceit. Ah, this is the problem I've been having for all the time. That's why I'm a poor man. Because this my mouth says too many things that are true. You don't pray. So how can your life bend towards prayer? How can you yield? How can you ever benefit from praying when you don't pray? How okay? How long do you pray? Once in this church. I have it packed. There are several things I don't have. I have this one packed. I stepped out in this church on a Sunday morning. Sleeps white, clear white sleeps. Simple question. Do you pray 15 minutes a day? Yes or no? Number two. If you pray, what do you pray about? Number three. How long and on, they are with me. I want to write a book on it and sell to you and take money from you and put my pocket and spend the money. I will spend the money myself. On your laziness. I will take advantage of power of God over your laziness to spend the money. The first question. Do you pray 15 minutes? First sheet, no. Second sheet, not really. Third sheet, partially. Sometimes when I'm available, no, no. No, no, yes. No, 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 yes. No, 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 I'm not sure. No, 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 no. Uh, once in a while. No, no. Where is your life bending? Your life is bending towards your association. Influence on your life is not Christ. How long do you think of Christ that you're talking about? This Christ you are talking about. When was the last time you went to his house? You say he doesn't live anywhere. Are you sure? Are you sure he's not this one? Okay. When was the last time he spoke to you? You spoke to him. When was the last time you acted based on his own desire? When was the last time you did things to show your love for him? So forget Christ though. Don't let's fool ourselves. Don't, 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 just don't talk about Christ here. You call him your friend, your father, your savior. Uh, there is no friend like Jesus. No, no friend like him. It's a religious commemoration because your friendship is not anything but just mouth. I have a friend. Jesus. Meaning what? What was his last desire? What did he say to you today? He that has a friend must show himself friendly. Life moves in the direction of attraction, in the direction of advantage, in the direction of concern and priority, in the direction of concession and, 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 and appeal. So where is your life drifting? So where are you bending towards? Well, tell me what is the major what is the major concern of your life? What what exactly is uppermost and topmost on your mind? What comes through as your priority? Tell me what what 
exactly do you do? Most people here have lives drifts by circumstances. They are not anywhere really. It depends. Trouble, alright? Chaos of this life. Deceitfulness of riches. Children's burdens. Spouses grouse. There is nothing they have in connect, in concentration, or in progress in God. What does he say? Romans 12 11, not slothful in business, but fervent. You can't survive a healthy Christian without fervency. Fervent. Passionate, heartfelt, boiling. The primary default shape is boiling. the lie of the devil the lie of Satan is once you are not a pastor once you are not a prayer band leader once you are not called once you are not a church person why become valid see is not an exclusive observer of church leaders Fallacy is expected for the most normal and basic Christian. At default, the believer must be fervent. If you are not fervent, you can never be a good believer. You need that heat and the steam. Do you fast? Do you fast? You say, ah, why will I fast? I don't have problems. Do you fast? Ah, Rebo, I cannot fast. Once I this church, why don't you fast? Sister Chidoban said, Sir, if I fast, I will die. She said it on a Friday. On Sunday, I came, I said, Do you fast? Why don't you fast? I said, I said, um, somebody in this church said on Friday, if I finish, she stood up again and said, Revo, if I fast, I will die. People were assured. I said, it's mercy assembly for you. That's mercy assembly. Just like I was talking one day, the sister stood up there in the choir. She stood up and said, well, it's okay. It's okay. When I come to a church, at mercy assembly. It's mercy you see strange things. What exactly do you do? You don't, you don't do anything more than casual and normal. What do you think of this? First Thessalonians 5 and verse 17. Pray without ceasing. It's not admonition for church Jew. Is for you, the believer. But you don't do it. You are not concerted in anything. Things that take 
take your time are not things that are material here you are majoring in the minors the peripheral unimportant things there is not food in the tillage of the poor but there is he that is destroyed for lack of knowledge lack of understanding we find the story of Luke's gospel chapter 10 brother play the keyboard let me close from a 38 to 42 Luke 10 verse 38 to 42 at the home of Martha and Mary now it came to pass as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word but Mary was combat about much serving she was so busy with paraphernalia very busy some of you are so busy very busy doing unimportant things you major in the minor I could bring this before I before I I I I, I, I make progress spiritually or in the spiritual terrain I could to the physical what things are you doing for example as an academic pupil or student to better your lot tell students over and over again what things are you doing in school that ought to add to excellence thank God for the life threatening breath snuffing distraction of our mobile phones the advantage of these devices are difficult to evaluate there are certain life damaging disadvantages being brought to us distraction we are so distracted that the mobile phone has become our greatest investment some of you invest so much to buy call cards that you never wish to have a future economically bright the kind of money you use to call people is more than your lifetime savings some of you have no savings except into MTN or Airtel or Google you have no savings you have no plans you have no business your only business enterprise is that you are building billions for South African MTN or Adenogas Group of money Nigerians are spending on calls senseless useless calls hello are you there okay hello hello okay hello where are you oyo hello where are you baby hello where are you gambari hello where are you Ote. hello where are you hold up okay hold up you are spending 300 naira to call somebody in five minutes and you think you are making progress in life you don't know you are about to bankrupt
jobs. Talk about calls. Talk about searching stupid, senseless things. Talk about making unhealthy contact. You can imagine picking up one girl on the internet, one girl from the Philippines, dating her online. People have sex online who don't know. I'm telling you, I didn't say go and try it. I said it happens. People do all sorts, spending huge investments. Huge investments as students, as workers. Huge investments. Some years ago, before the phones came, I told students, I said, if you come to campus, if you have a room on campus, and I enter your room, and I see a deep freezer, and I see an electric stove, you are going to fail. If you don't fail, you won't make the kind of progress expected. What are you doing with a deep freezer? Preserving what? Meat for one week. Are you a chef? Are you a cook? I said in this church, I said I hear there was a sister in this church who apart from being at school has a business. What is the business? She cooks stew and takes to homes. I said you will fail. He said, ah, they won't hate sir. They won't say who cared me. I said, thank you. You will fail. You will fail. in true one it's not in first class so you will have a pass it is not your first class you will go down with a pass or a fail you will soon be expelled or rusticated because you've lost focus you are majoring in the unimportant thing shoot from one house to the other what do you do you're a student cooking cooking soup let's bring it back to, to where we are in church what we call church today I'll tell you what we call church today is activities I don't 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 when this fruit of the Lord comes upon my soul I will dance like they we dance People will dance and dance. They will sweat to sweat. They will sit down to hear the word and begin to sleep. And once church is not like this, they will not come. It's a useless church. No dance. Go, go, go. People like noise, celebrations. They don't church to a party. They will dance, 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 dance. One hour still dancing. After dancing, they see that they begin to sleep. Then announcements. Committee, this committee, association, this one, this one, this one, this one. Ah. 
and bad days. Don't get angry because there's bad in church today. Okay? Bad days and the cake and the rice and the food and the menu. Then we go. We go there. Hey, 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 hey. Togree, Togree is part of society. They are noisy, they are pestilent, we are just there. Youthful at heart. Sobriety of heart is missing in the body of Christ. So much noise. Uh, uh, uh. Because of time, we can't share deep, we only exhort. And exhortation is not here defined as Bible exhortation or calling there. It's just a brief sermon because there's no time. This is church work. The real thing that makes church church, which is the truth that makes church the bulwark and the ground, the truth is missing. He said it. He said, These things I write unto you. First Timothy 3 from verse 14. Hoping to come unto this shortly. But if I tell you, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth, the church will have only one emblem, truth, unbendable, unshakable. The church will be a pillar. When you come to this structure, you are looking at a pillar. Houses have pillars. Some pillars are not noticeable, like this. A lot of architectural designs have pillars embedded in the walls, impregnated by the side of the wall. Evil Winners Chapel at Kenalan is its engineering masterpiece from geniuses. But there are pillars. The pillars are by the wall. Go and check at altar tomorrow. The pillars, big pillars, are by the walls. There must be pillars in any building. Those pillars are formidable. They are strong. They are the ones bearing the concrete and bearing the bricks and bearing the structure and bearing the formations and bearing the roof, the metals and the stones and the steel and the and the wood this is how the church should be truth should be seen in any church any church you get to you don't see something staring in the face unbendable formidable indefatigable strong called truth it is not true to attend church should not be loose and licentious Free for just la la, and then sorry, last thing in church connections. You go to church to make connections and, and connections and connections and connect. Loba, 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 loba. Then you go, you go and shadow next week. Loba, 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 James, loba, loba. Church should be known for truth as the only emblem. Should not be known for fashion, should not be known for e-dressing, should not be known for immorality, it's not for infidelity, it's not for business fraud, enterprise, merchandise. 
factual and known for truth. The church has no business with any other thing outside the truth. Absolute gospel. Jesus was possibly hungry. He had met this family. He entered the village. Mary and Martha received. Mary seemed to own the house. Sorry, Martha owned the house. Received him into her house. The younger sister most likely called Mary. Began to receive the word. And Martha was combat. She was busy doing church things. Church things of church church things what happened at church today you know you know our stories now what happened at church see I was high, I was very sad very sad now you didn't get it yes is this what in fact I was done through a church I was depressed when I got to speak a damn day but you can wait next week. What is next week? What is next week? I was going to steal a show. How was church today? Rubbish. Rubbish. I won't cry again. Oh, it's fine. I want to jump by jump. I want to read the reading. I need to put it down. I need to put it down. Polish. What happened in church today? Let me hear you. I said, My God is a jealous God. I What did you do? What did you What happened? I will give you later. What happened at church today? I just, as I sat down, so this guy is sat by me. But it continues because you know I confess, and you know, so it was just great in church. What happened at church today? Only few talk about the word because the word is not. What about the word? I don't know what they call. 
important investment in your life is kingdom investment. How much have you invested into God's kingdom this year? This square in South Africa, I said, and so and so and so. Remember church and the building. He said to me, he said, Revolve. Families have not eaten. People are dying of hunger and starvation in the COVID pandemic. Talking about church building. Because of distractions we have based on the pandemic issues we have forsaken the work of God completely the pandemic has come it will go one day and many more will come the kingdom of God is steadfast and remains forever and ever by the time you die or I die pandemic is forgotten kingdom investments cannot be forgotten you are face to face with your maker one day and then it's not about how bad the pandemic was. Kingdom investment. Imagine if this church had been given you by God to manage. What would be your scorecard? What would be the reading? As small as this church is, and strategically by spiritual oppression you are here, and yet. Do you think God commands them? Whatever interests you most, whatever commands your attention is your God. Somebody watched a movie while traveling down east from Abuja and said to me, Sir, I wept. I wept all through the journey. I wept. I said, What happened? The movie was touching. The movie, I said, A movie. wept in church before have you ever wept praying before have you ever wept singing to the Lord then the movie is your God your emotions are your God your pleasures are your God your appetite your food is your God your academic is academic and divorce is your God your try to get something is your God Try to get married, try to have a child, try to buy a car, trying to has become your God. You've left God. Your attention is directed at this frivolities. And you claim you are serving God. You are wasting your time. Your service is very poor. I think if you are going to have to get results and more benefits. In this thing called Christianity or in your life as a believer you have to reassess your investments your commitment then you have to reassess what you are doing you are too slack and light-handed you are feeble you are lazy you're not doing much so you get much it's not yielding more to you because you don't do much you too get confused and frustrated. It happens. Each time there is something you must do. 
you are not doing like you want to do it, you also get frustrated. Happens in school. Students get frustrated because they're not coping with learning. Happens in Christianity. When you don't run the race violently with how to do it well, you should be frustrated. Because your life is on the line. You ought to be in and you are out. You are dragging your feet. Take your day, ladies and gentlemen, to arrest, to reassess your commitment. If God is God, follow him. If God is God, follow him. This is your one leg in one leg, I will not help you. Make up your mind to pursue God totally or to pursue the world totally. It's your choice. This is what you are doing, church. Uh, you don't pray. Just, you are wasting your time. You soon end up frustrated. Fervency. Passion. Hard work. Willingness. Obedience. Prayerfulness. Watch study. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus.